The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Well, time's just gone. 18 minutes past five. Welcome to the Afternoon Overdrive. 11.9 High FM. I'm Michael McKenna. Joining us now on the line, our correspondent from Israel, Rolene Marks. And we should have Zoom meetings more often. It's great to see you in person <laughs> for a change, Rolene. Great to see you and welcome once again to the Afternoon Overdrive. Only because it's you, because really, uh, I'm as sick as a dog. So thank goodness we don't have a close-up. You would see the hot pokers up my nose. Oh, dear. My sinuses are so sore. Oh, dear. Get better soon, Rolene. uh, Okay, let's just (laughs) see how we can plod on through our interview this afternoon. Let's start with your visit, your tour of the South uh, last week. Certainly an eye-opener, the sights of these horrific Hamas attacks on October the 7th. Take us through that. Well, I think it's a very, very um, important topic to talk about. And as I said this morning, I'm still busy processing what I saw and what I felt because the pictures that you see in the media, the the video footage you see doesn't really do justice to the magnitude of destruction. Uh, We are 94 days since the massacre of the 7th of October, and and I really wish that I was accompanied on that trip to the South by President Cyril Ramaphosa and Lady Pandor, and all those that are wasting your hard taxpayers' money taking a sham case to the International Court of Justice, uh, because we started in Sterot, a town very, very close to my heart. Now, we, we can't forget that there were 22 points of attack, little kibbutzim, towns, uh, army bases, that uh, Hamas terrorists, when they stormed through the, the, the fences, that they, that they attacked. Uh, so we started with Sterot. Uh, we saw the uh, the Sukkot that are still standing there. The, 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 the South is literally frozen in time. And, and even though it's a staging area for our military, it, it's filled with uh, first response vehicles, military uh, paraphernalia, military vehicles. It's still frozen on, on the 7th of October. Uh, and while the blood's been cleared and many of the, the devastated cars have, have been cleared away, you can still see where the buildings are uh, pockmarked from bullets, from grenades. Uh, some are completely destroyed from RPGs, uh, hyperbaric bombs that were used. We saw uh, the remains of the police station, which is now just an an empty lot. That police station um, was blown up in in order to eliminate the Hamas terrorists inside who had already killed the police officers and and those that were inside the police station. And then we went to Nachal Oz. Nachal Oz, one of the kibbutzim that was hit, and it, it's very deceptive. You come through the, the yellow gates that all uh, kibbutzim, all moshavim have, and the, the houses are intact. Uh, but the first house that we saw that's on the very corner, uh, which has a big Zaka sticker, uh, that's a sign that Zaka, who are responsible for removing the, the bodies, the, the, the human remains, had been there. Uh, that, that, that it was witness to a family being slaughtered. That's the Zohar family house, the family being slaughtered while 12-year-old uh, Ariel went for a run. He is now an orphan without siblings or parents. But all these homes tell a story mm. uh, and, uh, and they actually implore you 
to remember what happened in them, remember that some of their tenants were murdered brutally or raped or mutilated or taken hostage. Uh, and Nachal Oz is a dairy um, kibbutz and uh, a quarter of the cows were killed. The dairy manager said to me that the remaining cows are traumatized. They actually are traumatized. And he, he, he showed us where Hamas terrorists had fired grenades at the, the, the milking area, set it on fire, uh, just so destruction. Uh, and right, uh, like literally, maybe not even half a kilometer in front of us was Sujaya. Uh, Sujaya, uh, one of the flashpoints of the, of the war with Hamas. We went to Re'im, the site of the Nova Festival, and that is just, it, it's, it's shattering. It's absolutely shattering because you could see that these, these people who went to dance, who went to dance on the border with Gaza in the hope that one day they would be dancing with the people on the other side of the border with Gaza, the young people there, that they would manifest peace who were just absolutely mowed down. Many of them shot in the back. We know the horrific accounts of torture and, and rape. We know how many people were taken hostage into Gaza, not just by Hamas terrorists, but by Palestinian civilians as well. And uh, you see these beautiful faces, these smiling, beautiful young faces, uh, looking out at you in the memorial and you know that they will never, ever, ever dance again. But we will dance again mm -hmm. uh, and we will make sure to dance again in their memory. Uh, and then ending the day in Kfa'aza, one of the, the worst hit kibbutzim and there's just nothing that prepares you for the destruction. You go through these modest homes that all have a sign of something, yellow for kidnapping, uh, red for uh, a, a, a shooting incident or a murder incident that happened inside and a circle with a dot that bodies were found uh, in, inside these homes. And then you get to an area of the kibbutz, which is for young people. It's the start for their starter home. So it's young people in their 20s and their 30s in these tiny kibbutzim. Michael, I'm sure that these, mm. these little starter homes are not much bigger than the studio that you are in now. And <laughs> you, you really get the sense that the occupants were so proud of these tiny little homes that would be their very first home as as adults and they are absolutely decimated absolutely yeah. decimated um, the, the, most of them have signs saying who was brutally murdered inside or who was kidnapped a lot of them with ash on the floor and of course they cordoned off you can't get near them because those are human remains those are mm -hmm. human remains that are on the floor there and mm -hmm. it's just I'm still processing the magnitude of what happened and you have to multiple that or multiply that by 22, bearing in mind that the bodies have been removed, the blood has been cleaned up, that the smell of death has gone, but it's no less a horrific, horrific testimony 
to the horrors that happened there. You know, Roline, your, your definition that you've just outlined now, you mentioned earlier on that you just wish the president and... Um, the head of, of Durko was there with you to see and, you know, so they could relate to exactly what you've just outlined, which leads me now to what uh, we, did, we agreed to discuss uh, earlier on the upcoming International Court of Justice case, South Africa's case now, of genocide in Gaza. What is your take on that, given what you've just outlined? Well, first of all, you have got to, you've got to d- d- define what genocide is. And uh, genocide is the stated intent to um, to murder or to kill or to annihilate a, a certain group of people. And I know that with the uh, the case brought forward by South Africa, they are, are using uh, some of the the repugnant comments. By some of our more uh, ultra right wing uh, lawmakers, that you know, that calls for uh, the for Gaza, the Gaza Strip to be free of uh, of Palestinians. But I would caution them: listen to some of the rhetoric in South Africa coming from people like Julius Malema uh, and others who also make comments that can be construed as calls for genocide. Now, the South African government would tell you that that is not South African policy. And the same as in Israel, as repugnant as the comments are, they're not Israeli policy. Uh, South Africa and Israel are both democracies and sometimes lawmakers and people say things that are absolutely abhorrent. It doesn't make it policy. So South Africa basing their um, arguments on that is really, really ludicrous because the the same can be said for South Africa. Uh, But we do have it on, uh, on public record that Professor Malcolm Shaw he will be representing Israel. We don't know if there are additions to his team. And that Israel's uh, judge that, that will be part of the 15-judge panel will be the retired former uh, Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice Aharon Barak. He is a Holocaust survivor. Uh, he will be there. And we will be entering into evidence from our side a shortened version of the horrific footage, mm-hmm. the body cam footage, the, the GoPro footage uh, of Hamas in, into evidence. So uh, it's going to be um, two difficult days, but uh, the, um, the, the accusation and the rationale put forward by South Africa mm-hmm. is absolutely ludicrous when you consider that it's said in South Africa uh, as well. Hmm. Those two <laughs> days, as you mentioned, Roline, uh, taking place later this week, I think on Thursday and Friday. This from Roland, a tad beside the point, but not really. Will all the sites where Hamas have committed these unspeakable crimes on October the 7th be preserved just as Hamas left them? It would serve as a stark reminder of exactly who and what Hamas is. That's from Roland. Um, Roland, we can carry on this uh, conversation, but unfortunately we've got to leave it there. Roland, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon to bring us the latest on what's happening in Israel. Roland Marks, our correspondent from Israel, bringing us the latest and of course on her experiences as to what she saw towards the end of last week. Roland Marks, our correspondent from Israel.